Hey, pizza. Great, let's dig in. Yeah, I want some. Oh, thanks. How many times do I have to tell you? No pizza for you, Joey. More wheat German, riboflavin. Yeah, come on, Joey, eat good. See, I'm gonna eat some myself, too. Mmm, mmm, organic alfalfa sprouts. Come on, Joey. Good, mmm. Come on, eat, Joey, good boy. Yeah, Mama, I love you. You like it, huh? Huh? Good, yeah. Iron, niacin, B12, flows in the earth. Good. Cherish good, this moment you, forever. This is how I like to see you, my son. Okay, okay, girlie. The boys will take a look at them and get back to you tomorrow, huh? Yeah, we're gonna be in town one more day, and if we like them, we'll come pay you, Mr. McGloob, a visit. Say hi to Vince for us. Oh, wow. This is the happiest day of my life. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Woo! This is now for Joey, Dee Dee, and Johnny Ramon! Put your deep on! If you, if you told me the correct number last week, it is probably not 185, because you still said you still had another two episodes you were putting up before last week's. Yeah. Uh, it's just me and Tim tonight, and this is this is Tim's idea for this episode, to talk about the director's cut of Alien 2 and 3. Yes. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to let you do that later, but as for now, you know, what's going on, sir? Uh, watched a bunch of movies this weekend, uh, literally today I was gonna write reviews and had such a migraine headache I couldn't even write, I tried, I was gonna sit there and watch more movies, I couldn't even do that, and just, I think yeah. what it was, watching that Alien Beast movie last night kinda destroyed <laughs> me, which we'll get into a little bit. Dude, you were watching movies that, that were sequels to movies I'd never even like heard of yeah this was part of what i got off of lewis yeah and a, your son lewis yes my son lewis i'm done getting stuff up it. <laughs> <laughs> my brain's getting explode at some of the stuff i've gotten off of him over the years it's, no more black devil doll from hell no oh more no he goes way further than that. he goes way further than that stuff Jesus. And I, I love that dude, but I can never bring myself to paying like 35 bucks for 
some of the movies he has. Mm. You know what I mean? It just uh, I understand why he's doing it, and I know he makes a shitload of cash on the VHS limited edition. And yeah. unlike some people, he actually goes all in on that stuff. And and he hates eBay flippers. So yeah, that dude's awesome. I I mean, I'm really glad. I'm glad he succeeds, and I know what he's doing, and he's built up massacrevideo.com. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I, I, let's put it this way. I'm not the person he is marketing for. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, with you. What it comes down to. He, I'm with you. He's yeah. marketing for, like, uh, Mario Dominic, who loves VHSs. He's marketing for Art Edinger of Ultraviolent. Those types of people that live for VHS tapes. And he does go out and he does... For anyone that's never heard of MasterVideo.com, do yourself a favor... Um, Kyle, you always make fun of just uh, some of the random movies I find. No, yeah, I don't make fun of Lewis's movie. I just like, where the fuck did you ever hear about shit like this? And he's just like, I had an awesome video store where I grew up. Yeah, and it just it's cool because uh, I it, half of the stuff he di- I've heard of, you know, maybe never have seen. But I mean, he's the guy who gave us five 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 on DVD, and yeah. he actually does. Extras. He goes and he tracks these people down mm-hmm. and talks to them and tries to, you know, try to put as much as he can, whether it's on the VHS or the DVD. He really goes out of his way and does it. Um, if there was any man out there that could get Spookies released, yeah, it'd be your son, Lewis. I, I mean, he falls in that category of what uh, alternative. Uh, Alternative pop cinema, also known as camp motion pictures, what they did with uh, that movie, The Basement. Yeah, I remember that. Horrible movie, but great packaging because, A, uh, if you got the special edition basement that was the VHS tape and the DVD, and it had... And the huge box that won't fit on your bookshelf. Yeah, plus it had other DVDs in there, like you got Woodchipper Massacre and Cannibal Campot. Yeah, you literally got six other movies in that box set, and it was like fifty or sixty bucks, but it was worth it. They only had it out there for like a hundred of them. Uh, I, you know, he's doing what the Camp Motion did with the video violence box that I got. Again, way too big to be on your video shelf. But yeah. the point is, people, you know, there is a certain crowd for that stuff, and that's what Lewis is going for, and he does a great job of it. I just, I think I came to the realization last night that I'm not the person he's marketing for. <laughs> and it gave me a migraine. But anyhow. I support Lewis. I have a Massacre Video air freshener in my car. Yeah, I was going to say, I every time I'm at Wasteland, I usually buy something off of him. Just because. He, and when he was a much younger kid, uh, a kid that was even in high school, he would come to Wasteland and buy books off of me. So he would also beat up black chicks because they took his book. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Yes, very true. So what did you get into? Uh oh, let me see the list of movies that I've watched. Uh, I finally caught up completely on Z Nation. Uh, Haven's about the end, which is good. I've been watching that. Uh, William yeah. Shatner makes an appearance in the last episode here. Did he bring his hairpiece? Uh, apparently, that dude is showing up in everything recently, if you haven't noticed. Man, you know, you know what? This is sad. Uh, Shatner looks really good for his age. Mm-hmm. 
I was editing the Hooper show. Yes. That we did about Hooper, and I was looking up some pictures of Burt Reynolds. That guy, something's wrong with Burt. Like, seriously. Like, that guy's got one foot in the grave. He He's basically, he looks like, you know when you see a healthy guy that gets sick and it looks like all his body fluids have been sucked out of him and he's kind of just like, he kind of looks like Tony Dungy, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it's like all his will and his body fluids have been sucked out of him and I don't think we got Burt Reynolds too long, too much longer. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I think part of that is just, I don't think it's so much partying and everything else. I think just... Oh, he was talking about it. it it's his... All, all the stunts he did and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, poor, poor health in his later years and depression, I think, has run him down. Yeah. And more than anything, I would like... In my opinion, I think that's what's happened to him. Is just poor health and just everything he's gone through in the last 20 years, not the 20 years before that. I think he was doing very well up until the mid-90s, and then I just think all of it has taken such a toll on him. I think that's why he's so... He looks real bad. Yeah, I think that's why he just he just looks bad, bad. So, but anyway. I hope not. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, you want me to go through some of the movies I watched? Yeah, what did you watch? Okay, um, watched Enemies Closer with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, Jesus. Actually, it's a very good movie. I enjoyed it. Here's my biggest problem with it. Uh, not that it's a bad Van Damme movie, but... Wait a minute, but, but before you start, did he take an ass in the moonlight walk? <laughs> no. Like, all, all Van Damme movies back in the day used to... Have to include, like, his bare ass in the moonlight walking around. No, you have... Van Damme took... I guess, like, this was made right after he did Expendables 2. Yeah. He has blonde hair, and it's, like, spiked in the air at all times. Okay. And he's a villain in this. I like that. Here's the problem with the movie. Everything about him, his villain, his character, love it. The hero is Tom Everett Scott. No, thank you. Being helped by Orlando Jones. I hate Orlando Jones. Yes, this is, like I said, the movie, the concept is awesome. You know, Van Damme is a villain. He is, basically, he dresses up as a Canadian Mountie, him and his <laughs> buddies, and they come to the U.S. Uh, Border Patrol. And Do they come to beat up the big boss man? And no, but they, basically, they beat up all, they kill all the U.S. Border Patrol agents on off the coast of Maine. And basically, the reason they do this is because they won't help them, because uh, they're drug runners, and they're going to get their drugs that fell into a lake. And okay. <laughs> basically, since the U.S. won't help him, he kills them, goes off onto this. Tom Everett Scott, okay, I could get over if he's just a ranger, but they put behind it that he been to Afghanistan, and, like, he is... Like this longtime hero, and he went like he has PS, you know, PTSD, and he yeah. decided to become. A, I was like, no, any other actor, I'll believe it. Him, no, I'm sorry, that dude just can't pull that stuff off. And especially when I knew eventually he's gonna fight Van Damme, you know, towards the end of the movie, it's mm -hmm. like 
No, Van Damme would kill him. I don't care if Van Damme's 95 years old. On his deathbed, he would kick that dude in the throat. They should They should have had a loser spends the night in a pokey match. <laughs> they should have. Like the Mountie and the Big Boss Man. They but I have. will give them credit. Somebody must have pointed this out to the filmmaker like, hey, um, Van Damme would kill that dude in five seconds. So uh, they basically, they don't have Van Damme fight he fights Orlando Jones and this dude for about 10 seconds, beats both of their asses, jumps in the boat with the drugs, and basically they shoot a bazooka at him and kill him. Oh, great. <laughs> it's a decent movie. It's I liked it. I enjoyed it. But like I said, I couldn't get past Tom Everett Scott. Uh, moving on, watched a movie called Summer of Blood. Have you heard of this? Yes. Um, basically, I guess a comedian got an idea to be a part of a movie uh, where it's a he plays a character who's named Eric, and basically he's annoying, doesn't like anything, and his girlfriend just decides to leave him, and he just doesn't care. He does, but he doesn't. And basically, he becomes vampire food, and the guy feels bad for him and makes him a full vampire. And it's just it's an annoying ninety minute movie. I just, it pissed me off. Sounds terrible. It is terrible. Basically, <laughs> it's just this dude making bad jokes the whole entire movie, and eventually he gets his girlfriend, and they become married at the end of the movie, and she's a vampire after he bites her. whoop de doo Yeah, it just, it was stupid. It's like a lot of, hey, I'm going to make lazy guy jokes. I don't fight anybody. Right, I'm a yeah. vegan. It's a lot of these, like, okay, you know, you know, you basically you have to be a fan of this dude. I don't believe this movie is for most of the horror fan community out there. Yeah, this sounds like this comedian kickstarted this movie. It, it just, I seen it pop up and I was like, oh, I'll watch this, and I was kind of, yeah, I should think twice next time. <laughs> Um, Curiosity got the best of Tim Gross. Oh, yeah. But to make up for that, I did watch a Christmas horror story, which you watched Krampus, the other. I was told by John Cross that I need to watch this because I'd like it. And oh, I don't know. There's yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of cramp, like, there's some Krampus, Krampus mania is running. Wild oh, yeah. There's right a now. third one, too. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Like. The what, what is it like Krampus's revenge or something like that? Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, and and I've heard there's an asylum version coming out. Oh too. Jesus, it's, it is! It's, it really is. It's Krampus mania. It's run wild. But I, oh, I, John Cross is right. You need to watch a Christmas horror story. I've got it. I, I will. It is literally an anthology without it being an anthology. Okay. And William Shatner plays a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Shat. Yes, and he's <laughs> drinking the whole time. It's great. He probably was drinking for real. Yeah, <laughs> but all it, it, it all it, Krampus is in the movie, and basically it's five different storylines, but they all intersect. Okay, kind of like an old school Titan Tarantino. <laughs> can't even say the asshole's name. Quentin Tarantino. Yes. And, like, you know, you'll watch five minutes of one story, and then it'll go into, like, it'll fade to black, go into the next story, yeah. come back, go to another one, have William Shatner being the DJ playing Christmas music in between each one, 
and talking about different stuff. But it all surrounds, it's all about Krampus. Uh, at one point you get Santa Claus shooting, axing, knifing elves up because they become zombie elves. And it's just, it's gory as hell and hilarious and it's crazy. Then you got like some paranormal crap going down in a school where two students were killed the year before on Christmas Eve. I, it just, a lot of cool stuff happens in this. It's definitely worth checking out. I will uh, check that out tonight. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's well worth the watch. I really enjoyed it and I just thought William Shatner was hilarious. Uh, another holiday movie that I watched that has nothing to do with Christmas called Holiday of the Dead. Oh, Jesus. It is, uh, it is a, uh, how they explained it. It is a zombie movie without them really calling it zombies. But basically, it's a small town. Remember us talking about Nightmare at Noon? Mm hmm. Yeah. That. It's on a show that didn't record. Yes. Well, yep. Nightmare at Noon is basically if it was done independently 25 years later. Without a albino Brian James, John- yes, yeah, Brian, but Brian Johnson it's, from <laughs> it's literally the same, almost the same exact movie where the military is testing. Uh, I, this time around, they're testing a flu inoculation in a small town, and basically everyone starts getting sick. They turn zombified, and it, basically the story surrounds some friends that are out camping and don't realize it's going on until. The zombies are in the woods. Tiffany Shepis is a small town uh, sheriff, and she's trying to kill everybody and get people together. So they oh, Tiffany Shepis is in this. Yes, and surprisingly, for being an independent movie, usually people like her or Tony Todd, they're in it, you know, one day. Yeah. It's song and dance. She actually has, she's in there longer than a song and dance in the movie. Let's put it that way. She's, cool. I mean... You could tell she wasn't in there a ton, but more than I thought she would be in this type of independent movie. Like, they had her there for a while, because she is a major character. Uh, had, probably had a couple pages of script, surprisingly. I, I just thought, hey, cameo, and gone. No, she's yeah. in there for a while, and that's the whole point of it. It's a decent independent zombie film. My biggest issue with the movie... Uh, towards the beginning of the movie, had a few audio issues. One scene, the volume be real high. Next scene, volume be real low. Uh, they had a scene at the campfire where you can't even hear the dialogue because of stuff going on in the background, but they correct it halfway through the scene. So, But for the most part, the movie is decent. I enjoyed it. The effects were pretty cool for being independent. And it all surrounds, like I said, the free inoculations of this Heinz and Howard pharmaceutical company. And basically, uh, a, a military contractor has had too much of this and he's trying to stop it. And he's trying, because he knows what goes on. This dude basically goes, like, once a year, small town in America, testing out new products for the military. That's why I said it's exactly like Nightmare at Noon. If you like Nightmare at Noon, You'll like Holiday of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, next movie I watched is uh, from a buddy, Jorge De La Rosa of Slow Mu- SlowMutants.com. Cool dude. Yeah. 
He produced this documentary. I want this. You have to send me this. Directed by, this. yeah, directed by Matt Greenfield. It's called Destroy Cleveland. And anybody that's in the Cleveland hardcore music scene, you'll enjoy this. It's all about punk and death metal. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Even if you're not from Cleveland, I even heard of some of these bands when I was a kid. Because it, it covers from 1986 up until the late 2000s. And it basically just goes through the whole scene and what bands didn't make it. And the only thing it was missing is like the behind the behind the music, music, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, Jorge and his buddy Matt Greenfield did a wonderful job with it. If you're in, if you like music documentaries, this is no different. You'll enjoy it. I have I like I like the one he did about uh, that punk band Dink. I like that yeah. a lot. Oh, this is along that same route. Yeah, that's why I want to see this. I would say he probably covered 25 to 30 bands in this. Which, yeah. And if you're interested, for anybody that listens to the episode, slowmutants.com or rustbelthammer.com. And spoiler alert, uh, all those bands from Cleveland, none of them won a champ, a championship. Yes. It just, they get into about why Cleveland is not that it's bad to just everyone, like, hates everyone. <laughs> it, it just they they get into some of that. Um, another movie I watched and I really enjoyed Tales of Halloween. Yeah, I ended up finishing it and I liked it too. I I, I honestly believe there really isn't a bad story in there, and it has an all star cast, all star you know filmmakers, everybody in there. You like know the names or you've watched many of their movies. I just, I liked the whole, I liked all the Halloween themed stories, and if that wasn't enough, basically you got Adrian Barboa uh, mm-hmm. reprising her role from the fog as she's a DJ yeah. through the whole thing, you know, taking you through the segments. I just enjoyed it. It was a really cool movie. Uh, it's a shame that Menendez came on and basically blasted horror fans about. I understand where he was coming from. downloading that shit for people. He doesn't like that. Yeah, I understand where he's coming from, but, man, there's a way to do it and a way not to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but, yeah, uh, if you have a chance, anyone out there, check out Tales of Halloween. It's well worth it. Alien Beast. We were talking about this before we started. This, This is the one I'm just like, where the fuck did Lewis find this shit? It is on YouTube. He does an interview with the guy, and as Lewis, basically Lewis explained to me when I got the movie, and I kind of knew this going in, the dude is crazy. Literally, he is crazy. Um, it's a movie from 1991, shot on video, of course, and it's also known as Mutant Massacre. And it just, it's this Carl J. Sucknick? Basically. Something like that, yeah. And he makes a movie... I, you can't watch it. You have to witness it, is basically what it comes down to it. That he narrates his whole entire movie and flashes back to himself, like, now. It's just weird shit going on. I it, if, if you feel I'm struggling to... <laughs> try to explain this I am because <laughs> I'm not sure how to explain this 
basically, the dude films like a 30 minute (laughs) bad kung fu fight in front of his house between three people and then some dude shows up in a gas mask. (laughs) See this. I want to see this obliterated drunk. It just makes absolutely no sense. And he, like I said, he narrates stuff, and when something's going on, he goes to a blank screen like the Commodore 64 and comes up, security camera in Iran, someone is stealing something. And it will show a woman just going into a closet and changing clothes, and he'll narrate, she's trying to steal something, she's trying to steal the secrets. And this goes on for another 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> this movie has no business existing, but it does, and I'm happy for that. <laughs> I totally believe watching all this crap last night on Alien Beast gave me a migraine today. <laughs> because what made it worse is they describe it as mutants and terrorists battle it out on Earth. <laughs> I see neither. <laughs> this movie caused 9 11. And that wasn't enough. Mind you, it's a two disc DVD combo. It has on the same disc Mutant Massacre 2, which is literally an entire rehash of the first movie. <laughs> That came out in the same year. Is this is a Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 situation. Oh, it's, it goes beyond that. Oh, Jesus. With a little more claymation. Claymation? What? <laughs> yes. And just, he basically colors out the screen where it's yellow and green <laughs> of, of scenes from the first movie. I might buy this from Lewis. It just—it is beyond a mess. But as Lewis described it to me, I remember getting that wasteland. He's like, basically, the dude has become a hermit, and he—he made bunch of movies, and literally all he would do with his movies is he would narrate them and then try to sell them to for distribution. And he's like, over the years, the dude has literally just become crazy. And there's an interview on the disc, which I couldn't even get through. Because, you know, he's, the director's being asked questions, and he just sits there and stares. <laughs> and just, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know what I'm watching any longer. <laughs> and finally, I watched Monster Dog starring Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. <laughs> which, by the way, because this is the first time I watched the entire thing. It, I, I've seen parts of it over the years. But I'm guessing uh, the reason Alice and his wife are pissed off at this film is because he's... Com- his voice? Yes. Why? What is up with it? I, I don't know, man. It's an Italian movie. That's how they used to do it. They would film their movies without sound and then overdub them later. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, it didn't make any sense, but I know that's how the Italians used to do it. 
Yeah, and it's not a great movie by any means, but it's not horrible. No, it's not a stinky pile of poop. No, no, it just, it's odd. It's, yeah, it's definitely an oddity. Yeah, it, it, it said it is a Spanish, United States, Puerto Rico. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> but hey, it was, I don't know where, it, I don't know where Italy but it is. It, it was released in, in December 90, 1984 in Italy. Yeah. Its filming locations were Madrid, Spain. I, I think Canada's Italy, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Canada is the Italy of the North. I don't know where things are on the map. It just, I, yeah, I, I wanted to watch this movie just in general because I wanted to know why he was upset, and I can understand now. It is, it's not a pile of to- total garbage, but it literally... It's just not, you know, a great movie. It could have been better. It has It's about dogs killing people, and mm-hmm. there's some awesome gory effects in it, you know, fun effects. And there is a cool werewolf creature at first glance, but it just centers around Alice Cooper's supposed to be a werewolf, and that's where the movie kind of, they screwed up the plot, because Alice Cooper isn't even in the town before he gets to the town, people have already died. It's just weird. It, it, it doesn't make up its mo- mind if it wants to be a werewolf movie or killer dog movie. I think that's another problem in the whole entire film. And then, plus, it has a couple Alice Cooper songs in there. I'm guessing they're his. But they're not even, like, anywhere near some of the best stuff he's done. No, huh? So, it, it, it just... Just had problems all over, but it, if you're a horror movie fan, you're a big Alice Cooper fan, it's definitely worth checking out once. But anyhow, that is what I've watched so far, sir. Yeah, if you're going to see Alice Cooper, uh, first see Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Then if you, yeah, yeah, that's that's his horror movie. Yeah. Which I, by the way, picked up the Blu-ray version of Prince of Darkness during my uh, no shit small business Christmas shopping. The, uh, uh, shop, or Screen Factory edition? Yeah. Damn, I, I can't find that. I mean, I know I can get it. I just haven't got I, it. I, I picked it up at Geekadrome, where I got your, uh, Christmas present at. Thank you very much for the Christmas presents. Yours are gonna be in the mail in a couple days. Soon as I seen the Big Trouble in Little China comic book, I was like, yeah. I cannot pass that up. I haven't got into that yet. I got into the... Re- I, you got me uh, issue one and two of Reanimator. Yeah, I was having a conversation with... That uh, is some cool shit. Yeah, I was talking to Paul about that, because I have the original Reanimator comics. Didn't didn't they do a Reanimator Puppet Master crossover once? Hmm. I think Maybe there I'm was... that up or... No, no, I think there was plans to do one. It never happened. But... They, I have the Reanimator movie comics and Reanimator series where it takes off after Bride of Reanimator. Yeah, this artwork in the Reanimator, the story's pretty good. The artwork is awesome. Mm-hmm. And and so the art, the artwork in uh, Big Trouble Little China is awesome. I just flipped through it. I am kind of disappointed because there is a lot, uh, a gratuitous lack of Wang. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite character, Wang, of like all time. There's, I don't know. I have to read it. There's a lot of Chinese wild man in there, but I don't see a lot of Wang. But that's yeah, a, that's a direct quote from Kyle. <laughs> but yeah, I, as 
Yes, I see nose, and I couldn't pass those up either. Yeah, and I'm really, I want to get into this Providence, written by, uh, because it's Alan Moore. Alan Moore, yeah, Paul was telling me about it, and he was like, hey, you should, uh, uh, you should check this out. He gave it to me for free. I checked it out, and him and I were talking about it because I, I said maybe it's just not for me. And I said it, it just seems like there's a lot it's building up to. And I said maybe I just have not been reading that many comics these days. And it's Alan Moore's take on uh, from what I haven't got into it yet, but it's. What is, it's Alan Moore's take on, like, Lovecraft stuff, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. That that's, is two things that I like. Yeah, that's where it's going. So It may not go good together. So. Yeah, and I just said to him, I was like, hey, I hope it works out. I just, I, it just, I feel like uh, this is, this wouldn't be the comic book for me, but I sent it to you because I know you like that stuff. And since Love it. Got it for free anyhow. Why not pass it along and see what you say? Alan Moore is a crazy genius. I love that man. Because also Paul listens to our show all the time, so No shit. Thank yeah. you, Paul. Yeah, he's the geek drum dude. He sets up at Horror Realm too. Oh yeah. No shit? Yeah, he was the dude on the other side of the doorway from us. Off to the left of us, I think. Okay. Not the guy okay, okay. I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the guy that had the giant creature. From the Black Lagoon thing. Yeah, that was someone different, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm not thinking of the right guy. Yeah, but yeah, Paul listens to us all the time. The so. Next time I come to Pittsburgh, I want to go down there. I know we were down there. Yeah, Geekadrome is literally like five blocks from my house. Yeah, it's we were down there because that's where John Cross bought the Kraken rum. Yes. And we saw the human turd on the sidewalk. <laughs> I remember Ian's talking about the human turd. There's a big... Like right by that haircut place, there was just a turd on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I watched some stuff this week. Uh, we'll get to it. I went today to see Krampus. Or no, that's a lie. I went yesterday to see Krampus. But uh, I got to tell you, man, uh, Charles Band, you got served, buddy. Charles Band got owned. This Michael Doherty guy who did Trick or Treat, mm-hmm. he made the Full Moon movie that Charles Band always has wanted. There's so much Full Moon influence in this movie, you might shit your pants, Tim. You might fucking just explode in either hatred or love in the theater. Uh-huh. There's so much shit. I, I was shocked how much I liked Krampus. I, I thought, I was like, hey, it's getting a lot of good, you know. People whose opinion that I, I, I like uh, are saying good things about this. I'll go check it out. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking, you know. Last couple times I've been to the movie theater for Spectre I didn't like. And uh, I can't remember what I went and seen the time before that, but I really didn't enjoy it, I remember. Ooh, Krampus, Krampus is pretty fucking awesome, everybody. Uh, let me. Th- there's There are things in this movie that I saw I didn't, I didn't think... I would ever see in a movie. Uh, I gotta, it's got that when it really gets going about 45 minutes in there's, it's a, it's a movie of two halves. You've got the setup half of about the first half hour and it opens up with they're They're playing the song. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas over slow motion, uh, black Friday mobs where kids are just getting punched 
and people are getting tased, and, and it, it was funny. It was great. The whole, the comedy is awesome. Then you got the character set up. You know, I'm not a real big Adam Scott fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be now. I just think he's too smarmy. I don't like like fucking smarmy and stuck up in a smart ass. Uh, I think I might change my tune. Uh, he was really good in this. I love that David Ketchner dude. That guy is like one of the best dudes ever. Um, no, Tim, we're not going to watch Beastmaster 3. I'm sorry. Why not? Because <laughs> I can't believe David Warner's in that. Sorry, everybody. Tim just sent me a link about that. It gives me a reason to, to, to watch that. Yeah, true. But David Ketchner is awesome. Uh, every person, there's a lot of kids in this movie, and none of them are annoying. They all have their own personal traits. There's the one kid that believes in, in Christmas and Santa, and he kind of gets made fun of by everybody else. David Ketcher shows up, who's the older brother of the guy that... They're all staying at the dude's house. He's the older brother. Uh, his two kids, he's got uh, one big fat kid that reminds me of the guy from... The little kid from Bad Santa. Okay. Just the fucking tip shit and, and, and dumb and, and stupid like that. Uh, they've got two, he's got two twin girls that, uh, are, are basically boys. And there's another girl. None of these, none of these kids are annoying. You kind of like them. They've got their own character trait. Uh, then shit goes down. Like the, the last 45 minutes becomes like spookies, dude. Like, Spookies meets a Christmas movie meets uh, the Puppet Master. Puppet Master, because they're like, stop sending me David Warner fucking links, Tim. <laughs> You're distracting me. Oh, Krampus is great. There's a part where they go in the attic and shit goes fucking nuts. Uh, they get attacked by, like I said, basically the Puppet Master's cooler, older cousins. Okay. Um, like, like a winged angel doll, uh, tries to hang a lady with Christmas lights. She's kind of like Leech Woman. She yeah. kind of looks like Leech Woman fucked, um, the Bride of Chucky. So there's definitely some kind of Charles Band influence. Oh, big time. Charles Band's gotta be fucking pissed. He gotta be rolling around in he his He gotta head. be fucking mad as a motherfucker right now. Uh, what else is happening in here? Um... No, we're not watching Teenage... I hate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't care. <laughs> it's part two. I know. I don't care. Um, there's a Christmas Graboid, which nice. is awesome. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, that's a Christmas Graboid. It's like a jack-in-the-box that eats kids, but it's got, like, this big extended butt, like a Graboid. Um, I've... It's just the fucking... The, he nails the Christmas... Like, he nails the Christmas time... Just as hard as he nailed Halloween time in Trick or Treat. Okay. Just, this guy could do that. He's a Michael Doherty is great. Cool. Um, he should be doing all all the movies. Him and George Miller should be the only ones allowed to make movies. <laughs> that, that's it. Like, no, I was kind of worried that uh, the PG thirteen was going to end. Don't up be. Being... Um, okay. This is very a uh, Gremlins situation. Gremlins type situation. Okay. Um, it's kind of the, it, it skirts, like you're, I don't know, man, it was real close to being an R, and I will bet you, 
you'll get an R on DVD because you oh, can yeah. tell, you know, pretty, you know, you can tell there was probably, it's a bloodless movie. And I've seen people complain about that. To me, it wasn't a big deal because it was fun. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's fun and entertaining, though, that doesn't matter. It was violent. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was probably 80% um, practical effects. The Krampus looks fucking awesome. He's just a big, he's just an old man mm-hmm. underneath all that shit. And he's just like this, this old man with this giant gaping jaw. The ending of the movie is great. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, it really like could have went one of, it could have either really sucked at the very end, but then they did it in such a way where it's like, Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. I'm on board. Uh, it's just great. I, I fucking loved it. It had that spooky spirit of like, I don't know what kind of monsters around the corner next. It's fucking awesome, Tim. You need to take your, take your, your daughter would fucking love it. Cool. She would, she would shit with all the little puppets and the elves show up and they are really fucking cool looking. Uh, and no Dan Haggerty's are to be seen. So fuck Dan Haggerty. I like it. Uh, Speaking of your daughter, I did watch Goosebumps today. Yes, how was that? Um, I, I, I liked it. It was okay, but for me, you know, I know this movie's not for me. It's yeah. not for a 37-year-old, you know, hardcore horror fan. I have no, uh, I, when it comes to Goosebumps, that was something I wasn't into. That Like, the, I'm not a 90s kid. Yeah. But I, I did like it. It was pretty cool for, like, a, you know, young adult movie. Or maybe not even that. Maybe like a, I don't know. It was probably aimed at like what fourteen year old kids. It's aimed at yeah today, but it was also going for nostalgia. And like I said, I think the critics are wrong that you're gonna sit there and bitch about nostalgia in this movie. But there's how many other movies going for that on a regular basis these days? Yeah, I liked it. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know where all the all the shit was coming from, you know, I, I didn't know uh, about yeah, the, everything in there is the garden gnomes. The yeah. I was, I was kind of lost, but it, it, it held my attention. I thought Jack Black was really good. Um, I hated that fucking kid with the teeth. Uh, fuck was his name like slappy or some shit. No, that was the dummy slappy. The kid's friend, the dipshit. What the fucking... Oh, it's Slappy the Dummy, or... No, 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 not Slappy the Dummy. Uh, the kid's friend. Oh. The nerdy kid. I, I'm slipping my mind right now. He had, like, the weirdest buck teeth ever. <laughs> he looked like PC Principal from South Park. Uh, that kid, ah, I could stand him. But it was okay. I liked it. Uh, it's gonna be in the mail for your daughter soon. Oh, cool. Once I get your stuff ready to go. She'll, she'll love that. Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bow out, like giving it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, just because you know it's a, it's for I didn't know anything about it, but it, it was good. It was good. I liked it. I'm glad it did. Uh, super good. It uh, it did right. Like it. Yeah, it's done really good. I thought it made its money back and then some. Yeah, I haven't checked on it recently. I think it was two weeks last time I checked it. I think it was on the fence or some shit like that. Uh, I watched that. I watched... Did I talk about the Fantastic Four reboot? Yes. 
But you you got what I said about Goosebumps. It set it up for a sequel uh-huh. without saying you need a sequel. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll totally watch it. But, yeah, uh, I, did I talk about Fantastic Four? Yes, you did. You, you were saying you'll understand what everybody is saying about it. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll watch it again. I think it's great. Last I'm not a fucking fan of that fucking team at all. Here you go. Right before Thanksgiving weekend, it made $78 million so far. Yeah, but what was it? It was a $150 million movie, wasn't it? Nope. $58 million movie. Oh, well, there you go. I don't know why I was thinking it was $150 million. That's cool. And I believe it did well last weekend, too. I believe it was in the top five last weekend. Maybe. I don't know. If it was, that's impressive because it's been out for a long time. Uh, well, I was going to say, I know there's people been posting it, still seeing it in theaters, so... I don't know, man, The Martian is still on up here. I really want to go see that. And I almost, you know, snuck into it today, but I had to do Christmas shopping. That's why I'm, I'm fucking... Man, I'll tell you what, dude. I, I don't get out into society that much, because I choose not to. Probably a good thing. Yeah, you know, I don't fucking understand skinny jeans and twerking and, and this shit. You know, I don't need any of that stuff. And I go to the mall today and I'm like, really? Bad time of the year to decide to go to the mall. <laughs> it's got my fucking, like, society has my brain fucking scrambled. I don't understand stuff anymore. You're a 60-year-old guy wearing reindeer horns in the mall? You're, are you okay? <laughs> Did you skip your meds today, buddy? And people can't control their children, and they don't know how to, people just don't know how to function in a group. I don't know, I'm getting off on a rant here, but I, I swear to God. Get off my lawn! Yeah, get the fuck off my lawn, get out of my way with your Hummer, Hummer-like uh, child strollers, because I will kick them <laughs> Yo, the fuck Jesus, over. Yeah. Uh, if you're walking in front of me, walk. Don't fucking walk and then stop every five fucking seconds, because I'll, I'll give you a flat tire. Um, just, Jesus you know, fuck off, society. Uh, anyway, I digress. Um, what else did I watch? I watched. I tried to watch the Avengers: Age of Ultron again. I still have not seen it. Well, it's coming. Okay. Uh, it's just I can't. It's not a good movie. It really isn't. I think it's just it's just like a placeholder. You know. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, literally, I mean... There's some good shit in there. You see the trailer for uh, Civil War. I did. And, and you know what? I like that. And, and, and yeah, I see where you're coming but Age of Ultron. And it makes a lot of sense. Because they really have a lot kind of, like, invested into uh, uh, Civil War. Oh, Civil War, it, uh, yeah, I did watch the trailer, and I think it looks fucking great. And I, I'm, I'm not even, that's a, it's a, it's a Captain America movie. Yeah. And I'm, the other two Captain America movies were just kind of okay to me. I like the origin one. Yeah, I love, I love the, I was going to say, I love the first one, the second one. It's good, but it just, it didn't do it for me. Yeah, I don't care about the Winter Soldier. That's almost like a placeholder movie too, man. But the Winter, maybe it, maybe it's not, because the Winter Soldier plays a big part in Civil War. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it's kind of needed, because if you don't yeah. do that, either A, 
If nobody knows Cap- who Bucky is. Yeah, yeah, the first Captain America movie is either too long or you tried to pile too much crap into one movie. I'm down for Civil War way more than I'm. I'm more hyped up for it than I was uh, the original Avengers or the Avengers 2. Mm. I think it looks fucking great. And I did get my Star Wars tickets today, so I can't wait. Oh, so you you are going? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I, I cannot not miss that. I'll probably eventually see it in the theaters, but I'm not. I'm a fucking Star Wars kid, dude. I, I I'm not that, gonna. Man. I'm not gonna fight that crowd. <laughs> uh, that's the one thing I was thinking of. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, she it, went on a rant about crowds. I, I I just I can't bring myself to. I, I just piss on it. You know, it's almost not worth the effort. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. It, it, it just I I just have no desire. I will wait, and I think waiting will be a good thing. Uh-huh. The sad part is, too, waiting, it's like, no matter... That's one of those movies, too, no matter how much I'm going to hear about it, even if it was bad, I'll still, I still want to see it, but also, too, you could tell me the whole entire movie, and I'd still want to see it also. Yeah, I was going to say, spoilers, uh, yeah, I, that's why I went to see it. Like, I got the earliest tickets I could, because... People aren't going to be able to shut the fuck up about it. If it sucks, people are still going to, like, just talk and talk and talk and yeah, talk. Yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be literally one of the most talked about movies of all time. Period. Mm-hmm. No matter what goes down. Oh, other than watching Aliens and Aliens 3, the director's cut, that's all I watched this week. Okay, sir. And so I got a couple Can You Dig It's. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Go for it, because we'll talk about the YouTube thing, too. Yeah, let's talk about the... Well, I've only got really one Can You Dig It, and i got some other stuff. Uh, Pieces. Yes. Grindhouse releasing is going to release Pieces. Yes. And I just fucking... God damn it, I just shut the... Ah, shit. I just shut the goddamn fucking site down, too. It's on... It, I was gonna say, James Cox is all over Facebook about it. Yeah, it's fucking three discs. Yeah, and supposedly it, ha- it like, uh, comes with a jigsaw puzzle or something, too? I hope it's, like, naked, the Naked Lady Jigsaw. <laughs> like, yeah, but I think it's just cool they would do something like that. Was that a thing? Were naked jig- jigsaw puzzles like a... That seems a weird roundabout way to get your porno. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently it's only in the first thousand copies or something like that. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah that's it makes the only sense. Thing. But let's talk about YouTube. What the fuck did you do to YouTube now? I didn't do anything to YouTube. I think, uh, I'll be honest, I really do think this is part of what's going on right now that... Uh, I don't know if you've heard the news recently. You, there's been several, it's been on TV news and it's been on Facebook news. I have not heard anything. Um, basically, uh, enough filmmakers have gotten somewhere in court with YouTube saying they do not do, uh, how to put it, how the word is, they do not do the best job of it's easier to put up somebody's copyright material than it is to take it down. Okay. That basically the filmmakers have 
there's been enough filmmakers have filed enough lawsuits that basically um, some judge made a judgment in kind of forced YouTube to start making uh, making filmmakers happy. And I totally understand the point of this. Basically, you know, it is to try to stop people who will go back to the Nightbreed, the new Nightbreed one. Literally, people, once that came out on Blu-ray, people were, like, on a hourly basis, uploading copies of that onto YouTube. The Blu-ray version of Nightbreed. Mm -hmm. They were uploading it. What it's coming down to is filmmakers want to be able to have an easier time of having their movies being taken down, where they do not have to go through hoops in weeks, in months of just... Sounds like a whole bunch of red tape needs to be cut. Yes. That basically, if they could prove, hey, this is copyright material, I own this, or this goes through this company, I think is what it comes down to. And YouTube, I think, to start making a few people happy, decided, hey, we're gonna start, uh, we're, uh, we're gonna start pulling stuff off of YouTube. Well, I think it's like what we come across, like that one dude, I think his name was Atomic Cyborg, where I was finding all. Oh, that guy had some good shit. Yeah, he was fun. He had all this Italian stuff up there. Well, basically, if all your account is, is just movies downloaded onto YouTube. If you have one or two or three movies, I think you're cool. When you have 258, <laughs> like this guy did. Yeah. In counting, um, your account's going to get either pulled or deleted or put on suspension until they can figure out otherwise. And that's what it's coming down to is like some of these people, that's all they do is put up movie after movie after movie up online on YouTube. I think that's what it's aimed at to try to stop people from just putting a lot of stuff. There is still a lot of public. That's what it comes down to. There's still a lot of public domain movies, Mm -hmm. a lot of other movies that are not even posted on YouTube. But there is a lot of copyrighted movies that get thrown up on YouTube every day. And I think this is, especially with the independent filmmakers, basically it's, hey, what's the point of me even trying anymore when my movie is up on YouTube five minutes after somebody bought it? And I I understand where they're coming from. Uh, There is a lot of movies that just get bootlegged to shit, you know, on YouTube. But there's just some other movies that makes no sense how or why they're still up on YouTube because of this copyright business. But basically, I what it comes down to, I think YouTube is trying to make some people happy in the long run. And that's why this Atomic Cyborg guy, uh, all of his stuff has been taken down. The Full Moon site or Full Moon thing is gone now where Charles Van had a couple Full Moon things you could have a subscription to on YouTube, but it kind of makes sense because he already has his own streaming site. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, that kind of made sense, but I think it's for the people like Atomic Cyborg dude that just posted Italian movie after movie after movie after movie up on YouTube. I think it's uh, for those people to stop them doing that. Well, shit. I think that's what it is, but the sad part is 
like I said, you want to do a David Warner retrospective, and I was sitting there three or four months ago, you wanted to do Time Bandits. I couldn't get Time Bandits. It is not on YouTube. Now I go on YouTube, there it's on there three different times. Fucking Time Bandits should be on there. I, it's just, I understand it's one of those things they're trying to crack down on piracy. And they're not going to do man, look. They're not going to do it, no, but, no. but they're not going to do it. I, but I understand where everybody is coming from on this is what it's, it comes down to. I, I think what happened with all this piracy when it first started, I mean, we started way back in Napster. I'm not going to lie. I did it yeah. way back in the day. I still do it ever, you know. I don't do it as much as I used to. And now it's like, if, you know, if I want something that is like almost impossible, I can go get it. I can yeah. find it. Like a Nightwing. You just posted Nightwing too. I, I don't think I can, you know, go get that. I might be able to, but not, I mean. I, I think it's part of, hey, we know there's those, you know, the pirate bays, those sites yeah. out there. We know we're not going to stop them, but let's stop, you know, posting this stuff all over YouTube and some of the other sites that are like YouTube, I think is what it's coming down to. Well, technology, dude, technology moved way faster than, you know, the anti-piracy people. Yeah. That's out of the bag now. You're not going to be able to put that one back. Yeah. I just, I understand, I, I mean... I understand where some of the independent filmmakers come from, like what they're trying to do, but it, it, it is one of those things. Do you? It, it, it's one of those things where you have to decide: Are you going to keep making movies? You know whether this goes on or not, or are you going to spend most of your time bitching about that it's getting bootlegged out there? And instead of putting all that energy into that, you could be putting it into a new movie. And basically, you're fighting a fight you're not going to win. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from on it. Yes, it sucks. It gets up there. It sucks. Yes, people are going to do it no matter what. They're going to put your independent movie up there. But also, too, I know a bunch of filmmakers that make a point. Like, not all filmmakers, but there is a small percentage that make a point to piss people off on a regular, you know, it mm-hmm. just goes, it is society the way it is. It just, and especially in the horror community, you're always going to have that one horror movie fan that hates everyone, goes and buys the movies, and fucking downloads them, and puts them up on the net for everybody. And then you're going to have that one filmmaker, it hates everybody, and is going to fight every single little fight there is. It, yeah. it just... It's one of those things you're get at some point in time you're gonna have to decide. Okay, do I want to stop? You know, do I want to try to help support this, or do I want to stop and fight every little fight? It's there. It's it's. I understand both sides of it. I understand the whole thing of it. YouTube, they're trying to they're trying to put out the tiny fires when the forest has burned all the way to ground. Yes, and basically, you, YouTube is just trying to make people happy. And it's one of those things, like, I have talked to several people at conventions, and every once in a while, I'll get that one guy that comes up. Isn't all your stuff all over the website? You can go check this out, and you got in this book, and you're selling it. I'm like, okay, sure. Go for it, yeah. 
Yeah, do it. yeah, go, go, go spend that time looking on the internet for every review I written. Have fun with that. If that, yes, there is a possibility of that. But I'm going to tell you right now, about 60% of my reviews are no longer on the internet. And it just, it's, yeah, if you got, if you have no life and you have, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You have no life. Yes, maybe someday you will track every single one of them down. But it just, I don't know. I just tell that dude, hey, more power to you. If that's the reason why you're not buying my book, fine. You know what I mean? Mm. I know people that will see a movie on YouTube or on a pirated site, let's just say, that say they like the movie. And I've seen these people literally go and seek out these independent filmmakers and buy their movie. I mean, they will go buy the movie after they see it. I understand, yeah, there is going to be some people that don't buy it, but there is a good portion of the horror movie community that will go out and buy those movies, whether they're independent or not. They got to see it or got to see enough of it and say, hey, I want to purchase this. It just comes down to, to, I think it's price. You only got so much money to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you ain't going to fight free. Yeah, it just, that's... That's what it comes down to, and I, I always make a joke, and Dan makes the joke with me, too, just to go a little more into this real quick. Uh, I just say, I'm surprised Jagoff Massacre has not been put up on YouTube yet. Like, somebody hasn't done it. Because the sad part is, I think if it would, I think we'd actually have more people come and buy more copies of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm that that's the sad part. I think more people would even buy more copies of Jagoff Massacre. I could be wrong on this, but I'm surprised it isn't up there that somebody hasn't tried to put it on a pirate site or tried to put it up on YouTube for all to watch. I, but who knows? Oh man, what the fuck is this? Well, I got a little news story. I didn't know this. You sent me the link, and I just got a fucking boner. Uh, MTV releases the Insane Liquid Television archives to the masses? Yes, sir. Awesome. But you know what's not awesome? I click the link, and it says service unavailable. Mmm. Fuck you. Man, I love that goddamn TV show. That was so... Oh. I might have to keep checking this tonight. Stick Figure Theater, Aeon Flux... So much good shit came from that fucking TV show. That oh. kids, if you if you're out there and you've never seen Liquid Television, look that shit up. It's amazing, fucking great. But I got some other stuff to talk about. Uh, do you want to know what the number one movie on your birthday when you were born was? Uh, probably not. But go ahead. When is your birthday? May fifth. May fifth. When 19, were you born? 1975 at 5 o'clock. Uh, Tim Gross's birthday movie is Day of the Locust. <laughs> awesome. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to look up mine. What is mine? Let's see. February 26th. This is one of those stupid Facebook things I'm fucking playing around with, but I've never seen this one before. It's 1978. My number one movie was Coming Home with Bruce Dern. Mm, that that sounds uninteresting. 
Yeah, it must be a pot-smoking Vietnam movie. I don't know nothing about. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, I've got two other articles here. I've got a top ten most underrated horror movies from the 90s. Or, what does Stephen King think of all the movies? Those, uh, Bah! I fucking can't read, man. My brain is fried. Fucking Christmas time. I've got another article here that says, What does Stephen King think of all those Stephen King adaptations? <laughs> I can tell you what he thinks. What do you think? Let's think... go with the 90s first. We'll do that real quick. Oh, I think he thinks they're all garbage. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's go with the top 90s. Oh, uh, This is from HNN. Uh, the Horror News Network, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Fucking whatever. Uh, number 10. This is a movie I couldn't give a... F- I'm pretty indifferent about. Uh, D. Snyder's Strangeland. <laughs> I... Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I will... As much as I dislike the man at times, he's nowhere near as annoying as Gene Simmons. This is true. He's the uh, more legit Gene Simmons. Yes. And probably the poorer of the two. Yes. Which is... Not, you know, shouldn't be that way. But anyway. I, this is, okay, it's like a love-hate relationship. Yeah. I love Strangeland. I think it was a good movie then. I think it's a great movie now. My problem is, D. Snyder spent years on Fango Radio. Every answer about a horror movie was, well, you know, working on Strangeland, <laughs> and talking about Strangeland too. <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to choke that guy. I... <coughs> Excuse me, I wanted to choke him out so bad. Tim's not a fan of shameless self-promotion. I, it, not, I think there comes a point. Gene Simmons is the master of that. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, God. Yeah. He's, he's, an, he's to the point where if you can get through a 30-second interview even, or an answer to a question he's asked by an interviewer without him saying, Go directly to kiss.com and get this. It just, I would be amazed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just, with D. Snyder, it was like, yes, you made a great movie, dude. Make another one. I don't care if it's good or bad. Make another movie before you keep talking about Strangeland. That was my biggest problem. That Isn't Strangeland 2 out there now? No. That, and I thought he was a poor choice on Fango Radio. Because he overshadowed uh, Debbie Rashawn being on her. And I thought she was a great pick for it. I just mm-hmm. thought, especially, too, she was kind of like the sidekick instead of the head of the, you know, she yeah. should have been top billing of the show. I don't, I don't, I've never listened to any of that. Oh, it's it's gone now. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I mean, that was my own opinion of that. I just felt like. They gave him too much leeway, and it's just like, eh, no, that's kind of like, it's like, you know, it's kind of like saying, hey, D. Snyder is the king of, you know, he's the king of all horror movies. We're going to give him. That doesn't know. exist. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, no, that shouldn't happen. It, it's kind of like, it was kind of like, okay, you have somebody in W. Rashawn who has all this knowledge about horror movies, especially inside the independent and uh, bigger independent films, whether it's knowledge, whether it's working on it, whether it just has a lot of, she, she knows a lot. She is a horror movie fan herself is what it get getting to. Yeah. 
D. Snyder is a guy that made a movie, um, always seemed like a fringe fan of horror movies. Uh, but I think he just used it to advance himself into other stuff, let's say. That's not a bad thing. That's fine. A lot of people do that. But when you're doing a show like that, I'm sorry, it gets old week in and week out, and all you keep hearing about is Strangeland. Or, hey, I'm going to make Strangeland too. And that's all you heard about for years and years on that show. When they would even talk guests, you could tell he was lost. And especially, like, when they'd bring Lloyd Kaufman and Debbie Rashawn, not only just didn't want to talk new projects, but talk about Toxic Avenger, talk about Class of Newcomb High, stuff fans want to hear about. He always, he was kind of like a fucking, oh, what's his NFL announcer guy? Didn't matter. He'd always bring it back to fucking Strangeland. Yes. Oh, fuck. And he constantly would talk over her. And it just got annoying. It just, he didn't fit in for, bottom line, he didn't fit into what they were going for on that radio show, in my opinion. He was the Brett Favre of horror journalism. Hey, you want to talk about fucking spookies? Boom, Brett Favre. Yeah. <laughs> just bring it all back to Brett Favre. It, it, it just, it, that's why I said, she was perfect for the show. He wasn't. They just picked the wrong person to be with her on there. Well, that's a good thing I never listened to it, so. <laughs> But yeah, it, okay. like I said, he is. Uh, but I will say, I will defend. I will defend. I liked Strangeland. I always will. I swear to God, there was a Strangeland too. To just no, there was. I think there's been stories about it being made, but I don't think it ever happened. Well, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, this has nothing to do with the list we're talking about. But uh, I was flipping through the movie channels the other night. Uh, did you know they remade Graduation Day? I thought they did. I didn't. There you go. Brand new. <laughs> I thought they did, but... I watched uh, like five minutes of it, and literally it's uh, just handheld cameras. Kids in high school running around with cell phone cameras and handheld cameras, and I was just like... That's probably no, why I, I stayed away from it. Yeah, it doesn't look fucking good at all. Fuck that. I'm not... Let's be honest. I'm not surprised by that. Okay, anyway, back to the list. Number nine, Popcorn. My fucking slicer jam of choice. That is 1990, if I believe. Yes. Uh, fuck it, man. People, you ain't seen that. That's a... Uh, God, man. Scream probably owes that movie a fucking paycheck. There's a lot of people out there said Wes Craven never had an original idea in his life. Uh, I can... I don't know if I agree with that. But... Scream took so much from popcorn, it's ridiculous. Go go watch it. And it's just a fucking great goddamn movie. Uh, here's one me and you both like. Number eight, Bad Moon. Oh, yeah. Great fucking werewolf flick. Underrated, because I don't think it was ever... Like, it was never, A, given a big release. Mm-mm. It was like one of those direct-to-video things, and then it was oh, kind of... This played the theater around me. Really? Yeah. It yep. just felt like a direct-to-video, but like this awesome direct-to-video movie. Yo, it was, it's fucking great, and it's got Michael Pere in it, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that is a dude I do not like But it, it always, Yeah, it always felt like one of those movies, like, I'm the only one that knows about this. Yeah, it's a fucking great goddamn werewolf movie. It's fucking awesome. Uh, this movie I've never seen, but I know Mo loves it. Mom. Mm, okay. Never, dad. 
I, I, I can't talk about it. I've never seen it. Um, number six. I don't know what this is, but it's called Last Dance. Yep. It's about a group of women in a skimpy dance corset being killed off by an unknown killer. That is, But it's still a lot of fun and has several pretty cool death scenes. Okay, we'll skip that. I don't know that one. Uh, uh, I've seen this. There's a remake and a part two, I believe. Have you ever seen number five, Mirror Mirror? Is that the one from like 88, 89? Uh, no, it's from the 90s. This might be the uh, remake. Okay. Because I know, I okay, think I've seen the movie Mirror Mirror. Uh, here you go. Starring Karen Black, Rainbow Harvest, <laughs> Yvonne DiCarlo, and William Sanderson. This yeah, I think I've seen that movie, but it was not memorable. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's about a person who uses a mysterious and evil old mirror that she stumbles across after moving into a new house to strike back at all those that mistreat her. It yeah. sounds like a Carrie-type deal. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've okay. seen that. Um, number four, Brain Scan, which is yes. fucking great. Uh, you can... This is one of those movies where... You know, they tried to, they tried to launch a franchise character like a Freddy. Yeah. But it just didn't, it's like this. And, it's a shame, cause yeah. the sad part is, I think that could work now. Mm-hmm. Especially now. Like maybe this, I'm not gonna say this movie was ahead of its time, but yeah, this idea would work a lot better now than it would in 1990. Yeah, it was a better version, much, much better version than, uh, uh, in arcade did what Charles Band was going for. This was part of that weird, weird, like, subgenre in the 90s of, like, techno horror. Because you had this, you had Lawnmower Man, you had that god-awful Ghost in the Machine movie. Yep. Ugh. This was probably, and I love the Lawnmower Man, but this was probably the best one of those. <laughs> uh, number three, the immortal, the great, Dr. Fucking Giggles. Yes. Fucking... This is a movie. Uh, it's a great, you know, by the number slasher movie with a great villain. Larry Drake is awesome in it. Uh, it's a cheese fest that borders on. I don't know if this is a self-aware movie or not. And I think that's where it's genius lies. I'm not supposed to, I don't know if this is supposed to be self-referential or to be taken 100% serious, but I fucking love it. This movie, I watch this at least twice a year. Larry Drake makes my fucking day. I've got a fucking portrait of Larry Drake hanging over my TV as Dr. Giggles <laughs> as we speak. I love the man. Go watch this movie, and anybody says this is fucking bad, fuck you. They're probably right, but fuck you anyway. <laughs> what do you think of Dr. Giggles? I love it. It's a great slasher film that doesn't get, get enough. No, we should have like six Dr. Giggles by now, man. Yes, yeah. We should totally have This is such a great character. Uh, number two, another movie I love so much. Uh, this is one you could probably show to your kids, maybe. It's quite the gore fest, but uh, it's Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. Yeah, what, good what, movie. Oh, fucking, I love it. Yeah, it's a great, a great movie. I love when he cuts off the chick's arm. Yeah, and what's that? Me giving you the finger. Yeah. <laughs> so many quotable lines in this movie. Kill me. You're not worth the flesh you're printed on! Fuck this cowboy shit! You 
fucking hold up, hold up. Well, then they're motherfuckers! All you have to do is give me the goddamn key! Cause that, oh, that, cause that's what's her name? I can't remember her name, but we're. CCH Pounder! Yeah, CCH Pounder. <laughs> She's in every cop procedural show ever. But this guy's a great cast. Dick Miller shows up. Uh, William. All the Williams are running through my head. I'm, so was it William Forsythe? Was it William Sanderson? No, it was uh, William. Fuck, is that guy? Bad guy from. William Sadler. Yeah, I wanted to say Sanderson for some fucking reason. Probably because you said it earlier. William Sadler's great. Uh, Goddamn. This is the Billy Zane masterpiece, people. Uh, my friend Dorsey uh, described his, his performance in here as Darth Vader on Nitrous. Uh, it's a fucking fantastic movie. And number one, this is a Tim Gross jam. I like it. It's okay. And I'm not over the moon with it, but it's Wishmaster. Love Wishmaster. I like all the people in it. You know, they got the hotter. Uh, what's his name? Andrew Divoff. Andrew Divoff. Yeah. Robert England's in it. I'm having trouble coming up with people's names tonight, man. Yeah, they made a few sequels to Wishmaster, but the problem was, uh, even with part two that came out in the theater, they, they did it like no budget at all. Yeah, they, they wanted the same, you know, monetary results, but they're not going to put the money in to get it. Yeah, it's a. I just think it's just it's okay. I haven't seen it in a while. I do like the scene where he makes the skeleton come alive in the man's body and it walks out of him. I think that's fucking awesome. There you go. There's our list. Uh, let's go back to what does Stephen King think of all the Stephen King adaptations? Because Stephen King, as a dude, he uh just he's one of those guys that doesn't give a shit what he says, and I like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Which Stephen King adaptation would you like to hear Stephen King's thoughts on? Let's go to Graveyard Shift since we like that a lot. Let's do that first. What is his thoughts on Graveyard Shift? I didn't think he cared since it was like a short story. Oh, Graveyard Shift's a super short story, dude. It's maybe a page. Okay, here you go. Stephen King's thoughts on Graveyard Shift. Um, and I quote, I spent the day knocking around a story called Graveyard Shift. I remember being very happy and very absorbed, having the time of my life. In fact, the story was gruesome, fast, and fun. It later became a film which was gruesome, fast, but unfortunately not much fun. I don't know what you're talking about, Stephen King. Graveyard Shift rules. Yes. (laughs) It's fucking... There's a reason why I picked that to do on show number one, because I think it's fucking great. Oh, let's see here. Let's pick another one. Name a Stephen King adaptation, I'll find it. Dark Half. Dark Half. Give me a year. I gotta be be close here. Tommy Knockers. It doesn't, I don't think, uh, I don't think Dark Half is on this list. Here you go, Running Man. Uh, my version, uh, this is what Stephen King thinks about the Running Man. My version of protagonist Ben Richard is about as far as from Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in the movies you can get. <laughs> That's what he fucking thinks about The Running Man. That's what he pretty much thinks about most of his movies. That's yeah, what I know he had a big problem with The Shining. Yeah. Um, so, well, let's see here. Find another one. Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> you know, he had a real good time filming that son of a bitch. Um, Stephen King says, the problem with that film is that I was coked out of my mind. All I was going to say. <laughs> and I really didn't know what was going on. 
Stevie King, uh, you should start doing some fucking coke again and give us another Maximum Overdrive-like movie. Because that movie's fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, pick another one here. This is one I always liked. I always liked Needful Things. It always felt like it's a good 90s movie that got shit on. Uh, he says, the movie was a special case. The first cut was shown on TNT. I have a copy of it. And the length of the film was about four hours long. Woo! As a four-hour-long miniseries, it works. But edited down to movie length, it's almost an indecipherable because it doesn't have the time to tell the story and do all the setups. What do you think about Needful Things? I always thought that was just kind of like, meh. Yeah, it exists. Yeah. That, like, there's two... I think there there are two really good Stephen King adaptations that people just, like, fucking kind of just dismiss. Needful Things, and I think Dolores Claiborne's fucking a great-ass movie. Did you ever see that one? Which, uh, Dolores Claiborne? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but... Oh, dude, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, but I just, like, my brain totally blocks that movie out. Jennifer Jason Lee when she was at her prime fucking hotness? Uh, it's fu- that movie is great. I think Kathy Bates is just as good in that as she is in Misery. Anyway, I'm not going to look up any more Stephen King. That's thoughts from Stephen King, everybody. Fucking new segment. Uh, we got questions. I'm refreshing right now, making sure I don't miss anything. Hold on. Krampus Mania is running wild on my fucking... Okay, we only got three questions, so here we go. No Ed Quinlan, but Quinlan was... Quinlan was talking to me last night when I was watching Alien Beasts, so... (laughs) That's probably where your migraine came from. Hey, you got brain AIDS. He gave you brain AIDS. (laughs) I had brain AIDS, yes. Um, Here we go. Uh, Let me make sure this is it. Yeah, because there... Oh, we forgot to talk about, too, Massacre Video is putting out Death Row Diner. Oh, I didn't read that. I saw you posted it, but I had to go to yeah. the Speaking of Massacre Video, yes. You did that on the show, right? Yeah. Yeah, Lewis is putting out a special edition of Death Row Diner. Out. What, do we have details? What's um? Here, let me click. The the I don't think now? there was much said in there. No. Uh, no... There is just a lot of misinformation apparently in this, uh, excuse me, that was put out there about the DVD, but this is definitely coming out there. And, uh, apparently there will be a mini documentary on it that documents the, there we go. As an added bonus to Death Row Diner DVD, we have a mini documentary that chronicles the history of original camp video, camp motion pictures as told by president of camp video himself. Uh, they say they are both dedicating to setting the truth straight, and they said, trust me, this won't be a sugar-coated history either. They're going to talk about all what went down then and how it all got started. Also, uh, for 2016, they're claiming Back From Hell and Nutbag will also be getting a special release, too. See, that's... I've heard of Nutbag. Yes. I've not heard of fucking Back From Hell. Is this... No, that's not what I said. I don't know, man. I don't know where Lewis finds this shit, dude. Seriously, it's like... It's amazing. Well, Death Row Diner has always been yeah. out there. That was at my mom and pop. That's his biggest, probably... Uh, next to 555. Yeah. This is, this is his biggest find because... Yeah, the biggest thing with Death Row Diner is, yeah, this literally does not have a DVD release. Um, 
been floated out there for many, many years. This is kind of like uh, Cannibal Campot and Woodchipper mm-hmm. Massacre. Like, they've been out there for many, many years, and everybody just talking about, like, where are these movies, you know? <laughs> just like all these shot-on-video movies were making it to DVD, and those two didn't make it out there for a good while until finally, I guess, Camp Motion Pictures found out everything and made sure the rights were in the right places and put them out there. So this could be another one of those. Death Row Diner was just one of those things that had to, you know, cross the T's and dot all the I's before this could even be talked about. So there is, but yeah, this is right now. I remember enjoying this movie too. Because I remember talking to Rick Fusselman years ago, and I remember he would talk about 555, and I looked the movie up, and that was another movie that was, you know, floated out there that had a small cult following, but again, people questioned, where's the DVD, and Lewis came through on that one and got it out there, so yeah, this is probably just as big as that one, so good for him. Yeah. Okay, your questions. Carolyn Hoshelder, our boy Mike's uh, wife, she wants to know, why does God hate the Browns? Ah, dude. Uh, Me and Dad, okay, I am officially on your side now. I think the (laughs) NFL is loosely scripted. The takeaway from this year, and it's not over yet, but for me, the takeaway from this NFL season is, wow, the officials are fucking terrible. And... There are some rule changes that need to be fucking made. And it's, it's hard to play football anymore because of the rules. Oh, yeah. Because, it, well, the lack, not, not so much of the rules, but the lack of understanding the rules. Yes, that, and there are just some people who get to do what they want. Tom Brady gets to do what he wants. Uh, you can basically coax a pass interference flag out of anybody if you're the right receiver. All you gotta do is, is fucking fake. It's just, yeah, the refs are, this is the worst I've ever seen them. I've, even the scab refs were better than the real refs. Yeah, they, they're, yeah, it's been. So many games this year have been decided on bad fucking calls. I was gonna say, I think that's the one thing people are not understanding. In years past, yes, there, there isn't like there's more bad calls than the year before. The problem is these bad calls have finally caught up, and now it's costing games. It's costing people yeah. money at Vegas. And I hate to tell you, anybody that says what goes on in Vegas doesn't matter. Bullshit. Yeah. That is why I always say, hey, yes, there is something to you know me BSing out there saying this is fixed. Believe me. Vegas... It's kind of like the porn industry when technology is changing. You know, they do have a say in it. Even though oh, nobody yeah. wants to admit to it, they do have a say in it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, why, that's why we have Blu-ray and not HD DVD. Yeah. It's because the porn industry said we like Blu-ray. And yep. People want their porn. People want their NFL. It's just... I, as far as Cleveland, we're just... <laughs> we're dumb from the fucking top down. We're dumb and we're fucking lazy. I'm Johnny Manziel, I'm with Rick. That fucker's a cancer. Jerry Jones, I would just give that guy to Jerry Jones. Here you go, buddy. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Jerry Jones, that's the sad part. If you want to talk about another team that has screwed up 
things beyond the only reason it doesn't look as screwed up is because they have gone to the playoffs at certain yeah, points. Yeah, they, they, they'll fuck their season. Not their season. They'll fuck up on a regular basis, but they'll win games. Yes. We don't. We I was going to say. 37-7 like today. Da- Dallas has more resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even have better talent, and they find a way to just implode every year. They find a way to implode. And I think – the sad part is with Dallas, I think the fix is just if Jones would not say a word and let people do their jobs, I think that whole thing's a different story. With the Browns, I think just top to bottom, it's We're just that incompetent. Yeah, just at some point, you do have to burn it down. Mm-hmm. And when you do, you gotta do like have that five year plan and just have patience. That's the problem. We've done that like three times now, and it doesn't work. Three times, it seems like you can do it every two years. Yeah, this is true. We it, do. It, it, it just whether you dislike the coach or like the coach, you got to get you got to get established dudes. You can't go to like Petten. Nobody knew who that fucking guy was when he got the goddamn job. Yeah, Applebaum's got to pull his head out of his ass. Uh, you got to get a fucking coach like Gruden. I would love to see John Gruden. I listened to him on Monday night on that fucking game. Who loses that game like that, Cleveland? You get a blocked punt, they run it back to fucking for for field for a touchdown. That's exactly how you lose games, Cleveland. Because it because I mean, look at the coaches and look over the years. I mean, you got as get Steeler fans that's been there. As Steeler fans, we talk about you know, uh, we we talk about all the time about. We feel bad for the Browns, and it's not because we can't, hate the Browns. We can't get on the same field with you guys. Yeah, it just we feel bad because you see some of the talented guys, and just because of the atmosphere and co- lack of coaching or whatever you want to say, it just it crumbles. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it, it amazes me. It, basically, players go there to die, or col- or just collect paychecks. Yes, it, I mean. Nobody Someone, wanted to play today. They just wanted their check, and like Austin Davis wanted to play, but everybody else is just like, eh. yeah. It, it just, I think somebody has to do a, one of those things really for Cleveland to wake up. Uh, the organization, I think somebody has to do something like a John Elway or a Eli Manning. Yeah, somebody established. Somebody that says like, hey, you know, somebody that's coming out of college, whoever, you know, what quarterback's coming out next year that, you know, they're going to, of course, draft, be like, you draft me, I'm not signing. You know, I think yeah, it has to be something that drastic where the number one draft pick is like, no, I don't want to go to Cleveland. I will sit out a year. I will go into the draft next year. I think that has to be their wake-up call. If somebody did that, I wouldn't blame them one bit. No, and I think that's the sad part. And another thing I think the higher-ups are just, they're they're fine not winning because Cleveland's fan base, is they will always be Cleveland fans. They, they don't, they're loyal, they don't change. Win or lose, that, that team is going to sell out every fucking game. Their merchandising is going to get bought. Uh, the money is going to keep rolling in. Mm-hmm. And they don't care. So, you know, why upset the money-making machine? Who gives a fuck? We'll just lose and, and take our paychecks. And yeah. sadly, that's what the players, a lot of them, think, too. 
Some of them are there just to fucking get paid, and that's it. I mean, you can't tell me Jamal Lewis didn't want to retire. Hell, uh, he went, yeah, he went to Cleveland just to collect a fucking paycheck. Oh, probably. yeah. Jamal Lewis, I mean, he was – I think he was worse off than Ray Rice. Yeah. I, I think at least Ray Rice, even if you get past everything he's done to begin with. Well, yeah, punching wives and whatnot. Yeah, all that stuff. I think he still had another year left in him. Jamal Lewis, no. He was done. Yeah. He was done, done. It's just... It's the pet... Cleveland is the pet cemetery of the NFL. Oh, yeah. You're right on that. <laughs> yeah. What's our next question? Here's the... Here, I got I got him, too. Here's the next question. Uh, this is from Patricia Stevens. Uh, yep. Bootleg Tim Gross's lady. Uh, has Tim's daughter ever read the R.L. Stein Fear Street books? I read those a lot growing up. I think she has one or two of them. I don't what's think the, she has all of them. What's the difference between Goosebumps and Fear Street? Did he lose uh, it? No, no. It was basically like after Goosebumps really got big, I think what happened was he was like branching off into other stuff to write about. And there's like a Fear Street. There's Horrorland. There's some other one. When it got really popular during the late 90s where they even like other authors started going that way. Was this before the TV show? Um, After. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me, because I, <coughs> oh, I'm dying. <coughs> I think after like he did his first run of the original Goosebumps books, he decided to do like uh, bigger, like kind of closer to like novelizations yeah. of these books, and I think that's what the Fear Street books are. So hmm. that might be what she's talking about. But yeah, R.L. Stein has they're they're under that. Goosebumps umbrella, but there's several different ones he did. Hmm. One thing I enjoyed about that Goosebumps book or movie, uh, Slappy the Dummy looked like Henry Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where they first saw him, I'm like, wow, did they mold that after Henry Rollins? And then Jack Black is doing the voice. I'm like, ah. Oh. Anyway, uh, our last question. We didn't get a lot of questions this week. Uh, Patricia Stevens also asked, did you guys know the girl from Knock Knock and the Green Inferno is Eli Roth's wife? Which one? The one with the dark hair? I would assume. That's the star, because I believe she was the one that's in both of them. Yeah. Fucking Knock Knock. I, I, that's, I hit the memory eraser button on that. I don't... That movie was yeah, I think everyone unforgettable. I think everyone has, but you know what? Good for her. Yeah. Good job, lady. Oh, uh, that's all we got. For questions, let's get to our movies. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. All right, people, on the ready line. Are me? Signals, I got readings in front and behind. There's nothing back here. Look, I'm telling you, there's something moving and it ain't us. Get them out of there! 
wanted to talk about the director's cuts of aliens and alien three yes why, why did you just all of a sudden be like let's do this well one i wanted to revisit uh the both movies i've been wanting to watch uh aliens again especially seems like aliens is on encore like every five minutes i, I was gonna you say know what it's on encore flash gordon yeah i was gonna say flash gordon is uh but for me, I wanted to revisit Aliens. It's been a while since I watched it, and it gave me an excuse to watch, uh, excuse me, Alien 3, the director's cut. Because I know a lot of people poo-poo on Alien 3. I like it, even though, yes, I was upset, too. Uh, I, I, you know, it's one of those things. I, pu- I was kind of upset the way, like, Hicks and Newt are just thrown off to the side. Uh-huh. You thought that was going to be... But I like the grittiness. I like it, you know, it's kind of trying to go back to the first movie. I, t- I understood what they were going for there. But I think it was a product of its time. I think uh, the filmmakers and the people that were a part of it were so worried about trying to appeal to movie audiences of the early 90s instead of trying to just go about not recapturing what James Cameron did, but trying to... That formula. Yeah, allow that to grow. You know what I mean? The Colonial Marines, it worked. You know what I mean? It just seemed like it would make sense that that's like this would be a natural progression that we, especially if you're a big Aliens fan, like comic book fan, Dark Horse comics, going into that, like they did a whole series of Colonial Marines. Like this just gave it, like you had so many other places you could have gone with this, but they decided, okay, we got to make it gritty, we got to make it everything is grungy now, and it was. That's what they decided to do. Okay, this is what's you know. Early 90s, people were getting grungy. This is the direction they're going to go. I just thought um, they could have gone into... They didn't have to go into the Earth War thing, but they could have gone... This is how you could have introduced the Predators. This is how you could have introduced the alien planet. Like, they actually come from somewhere. They could have gone in so many other directions. And I think the Hicks... The Hicks role, would, I think it would just made sense to be with Sigourney Weaver. Now, I don't know if this was a... can't remember if this was a conscience... Conscience... Uh, conscience... Decision... Conscious. Yeah. Decision to make sure everybody knew Sigourney Weaver is this strong female character. Well, I think that was established in the second. Yeah. I, th- I, I figured that was established, period. But I'm wondering if they didn't want to have a dude around in Michael Bean just because i don't know man look i like i really like alien 3 i've liked it ever since i saw it at the theater i was very aware because this this, when did this come out like 92 92 late night i was very aware look you saw aliens nothing was gonna approach aliens 
No. You weren't coming near that fucking movie. It wasn't. And I, I, it just... Alien 3 just seemed like something it should have been further down the line. Dished, you know, this Alien 3 should have been, like, Alien Resurrection. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It should have been Alien 4 or Alien 5. This sh- Alien Resurrection is kind of like a comic booky version of Alien. Yes. Where this is a total, like, we're taking this serious. Yeah, and I think they shouldn't have because... I think Aliens, that second movie, took such a turn action-wise. I think uh-huh. we should have took a cue from it. Not that it was going to be as good, as again, as Cameron's. But I think you had a chance here to build on the storyline, really go from what the comics were doing. And I just, I would have liked if they would have went action <coughs> with it. It came out yeah, well, May 22nd, 1992. Yeah, I was very aware. I liked it. I, like, I remember walking out of the theater... Because this was really close to when I got my license. This was the first movie I think I drove to. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we, we didn't have a theater in my town at that time. So I had to go, like, three cities over to check it out. I watched it, and I walked out, and I was like, you know what? That wasn't that bad. I kind of dug it. It was gross. It was gritty. And I like, it was getting back to the first one. And I, I've got some feelings about the first one. I, I like the first one. But... It's it honestly, man. It is one of those movies where it gets to a point, and I just go get the fuck on with it. But also, Alien is just ooh. But also, it's too, like, remember who the director of Alien Three was? Yeah, and that's David, David Fincher. Yeah, and look at some of the movies he has done. Uh huh. He's nothing but great. Yeah, it, but also, too, a lot of them were grungy. I mean, he did seven. Oh yeah, seven. Fight Club is like you almost have to wipe the dirt off your fucking. Yeah. TV so, I, was he the right person to do the, the sequel? Who knows? But let, he was like third or fourth down down the line. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah, he was eventually. Yeah, he was. But it, it just. Uh, well, let's go back to aliens. From yeah, let's or, let's start with aliens. Yeah, start with aliens. I mean, everybody knows aliens. It's fun. It's over two hours long. A lot of greatness in this movie. We love the Paul Reiser character being such a dick in the movie. And I think the other reason, too, uh, people hook, were hooked by the Corporal Hicks. And, two, I really like, and this is why I wanted to revisit the director's cut. First off, a it was another, like, what is it, 16 minutes it's a lot. Yeah. I think it's more than that. It's like 20, 22. I, I, I think, yeah, I think you might be right. I think it's like another 20 minutes. And what's really cool about this, this wasn't like stuff that you throw away to throw away. You knew you were going to throw it away. This was stuff that actually <laughs> makes the movie answer some questions. Yeah. It uh, really does. Very interesting. Uh, where did Newt come from? And it basically establishes the colony on LV-426 or 427, whatever it is. Uh, it, it, it basically answers the questions of who are these colonists that they're talking about, first off, which was really cool because you get to see Newt did have a family. Uh, she did, you know... You get to see them rolling out in the cool fucking alien... A uh, doom buggy to find the alien ship on the Yeah, planet. and not only that, you get to see what the colony looks like before it's uh, destroyed. 
mm-hmm. get to see even a little kid riding a big wheel uh, down the one corridor, which was really cool. And it shows that it, I think it just gave it a lot more. Uh, you depth. see those really cool space Reeboks. Yes, I think it just gave it more depth to what was going on. Like, gave you, you wanted to know. But the real cool thing, and I always felt like, uh, this answered, this was like the one question that answered any type of question about Sigourney Weaver's character. And I think also, too, I would have liked to see this in the theatrical cut because the reason for it is, uh, when she finds out her daughter died. And mm-hmm. it puts in perspective she was out in space for whatever, 57 years or whatever it was. I think it's like 51, yeah. Yeah, it, it puts in perspective. I think this shows, like, this was a key scene, I think, that basically explains in a, I think, 70-second scene with Paul Reiser, basically explains all in this scene why she becomes just this desperate badass. You know what I mean? I think yeah. just involves the character that much more that, like, hey, I no longer have a daughter to go home for, but also, too it puts in perspective of why she wanted to get back so badly. It wasn't just, hey, I'm trying to survive because I'm going to die here in the first yeah, She wanted her revenge. Yeah, it, it, she yeah, it, she wanted her revenge. You know, basically the aliens, and not only the aliens, the company screwed mm-hmm. her out of... This is really the movie that establishes Wayland yutani as, like... The best evil fucking corporation yes. in the movie history. And it really establishes why she is not only so against revisiting LV-426, but really has hatred for Paul Reiser that basically saying, please tell me we're not bringing any of those back. Understand, we cannot bring that back. It will kill everyone. I think this this one scene, like, this was the... If I was going to pick out any of the scenes, this was a scene that I would have loved to have in the movie because I think it answers any question of Sigourney Weaver's character. But also, too, um, not only do we get that stuff, uh, there's a little snippet here and there that that, uh, when they first go in to... uh, The Colonial Marines go in to get... uh, uh, Looking... For the colonists, there's snippets there that was put back in. It doesn't yeah. really make that much of a difference. The next time out, that does make a difference and kind of makes sense now that you watch the cut version and the director's cut is when uh, they have lost everyone and they're in huddled up trying to decide, hey, we only have 17 hours to survive. And they send Bishop out to bring the ship in. That's when they introduce, okay, we have these guns, they, we'll put them at the corridor. It kind of explains why the aliens decide they're going to come through the ductwork. Yeah, and it, it puts, like, almost puts a number on how, like, badly outnumbered they are. Because those automatic, uh, automatic machine guns, they go through bullets like crazy, just fucking destroying aliens, and they're still coming. It's almost like a fucking zombie situation. Yeah, and it was, and it's cool because it, it, it doesn't, it also too shows, uh, Bill Paxton's character isn't just this raving maniac throughout the whole entire movie. Uh, because he does have like this scene of, hey, I gotta gut it up here. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that in the theatrical cut. 
where everybody always thinks it's game over, man. Game, like he's completely nutsoid and that's yeah, but that's the Paxton you want. Yeah, oh, you do, movie. but I really you want crazy pants. Yeah, Paxton. I like it. Showed that like he guts it up. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he goes from just being this raving lunatic to like, hey, it's just me and the badass chick. And that's it. You know, it's like I gotta do oh. something. Vasquez is, like, my favorite character in this fucking movie. Oh, yeah, she's just awesome in this movie. But, like I said, those are the major parts, the major storylines that are put back into it. Like I said, a lot of it is the beginning of the movie that is restored. Great stuff, I think. This was... You used to be able... This was when, like... you know, Like, there's two movies you used to be able to catch on cable that you wanted to see on TV because it was completely different. Like, you used to be able to catch this version on WGN. When they'd play it, they'd play it sometimes on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, Sci-Fi Channel Uncut. is famous like this, for that. This and Army of Darkness yep. were the ones you wanted to see on regular TV because they were completely different. And Well, not completely different, but there was just so much more stuff. Yeah, and Sci-Fi Channel was famous for that. Yeah, and this is also one of the movies I saw... As a kid, this is '86, yep. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah this 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 movie stands out. When you talk '80s movies, yeah, there's a lot of cool movies. But what's great about this movie is the I, shit that they came up with. Yeah, unfucking believable. It, it just amazing, and all the cool like the alien costumes. But you get like on the extras, you get to hear like. Oh man, we're just piecing shit together to get 200 and there's, into a shot and yep. It just the really cool extra on that. Uh, do you got the quadrilogy cuz yes. that's what I watched. This. Yes, I have the quadrilogy. The coolest thing is like when they're mocking up the fucking queen alien, they're doing it out in the parking lot with trash bags and broomsticks. Yeah. Oh yeah. On a crane and shit and this was one of the movies I saw that blew my like 8-year-old mind that I could not believe this shit could be done and done for fucking movies. Well, the Queen Alien, the only bad effect in this movie is the, the one where the ship, you know, they got the big ship up in orbit. Yeah. It's got the drop ship. When the drop ship crashes, it comes tumbling. That is, that's a bad effect. That's rear projection. That's pretty bad, but it still looks pretty cool. Yeah. You know what? I, 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 I forgive it. Yeah. Nope. That's yeah. a product of the time. Uh-huh. A technology right there. That's just a it's still pretty cool. Yeah, but I was going to say, too, I think this made everybody realize how badass the first Terminator movie was, too. Yep. Uh-huh. And I think everybody... Because I think, also, too, if we don't get aliens, I think we don't get RoboCop. I don't think we get Predator. I don't think we get Starship Troopers. I think Aliens set it up to have these amazing sci-fi movies. Like, it can be done. It just, I think it set up a lot of movies like that. But yeah, Aliens sticks out because it, even though it's made in the 80s, it's not an 80s movie. No, no, not at all. This, this, and I'll give it for the first one too, it will, we'll watch this movie, humans will be watching this movie a hundred years from now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that goddamn good, and this is one of the landmarks for practical fucking effects. Yeah, it just, it's an amazing... It never got, but did it ever get better in the... 
like this and the thing, did it ever get better in the practical effects department? I think, well, I was going to say, I think the thing does. It's on a, it's on a tinier scale though. Yeah. The thing is better, but I think with aliens, they were able to hide a lot of stuff, but the difference was though too, um, uh, they are on a different scale where they got, you know, the aliens got acid from blood Mm -hmm. and they're more paying attention to maybe from the head up of the creature and just other things of that nature and the blood more than uh, the gore or somebody being ripped apart like in the thing, you know, where you have just this monster mutation <laughs> where aliens, it's more of just goo. And like I said, they are able to hide stuff more in aliens and alien and alien three. They're able to hide stuff more. Another thing I like about aliens is all those space Marines they're not carbon copy characters. They all have their own personality. Yes. Like, Bean is clearly the fucking leader. Uh, you got Hicks, who's a crazy man. And I love the part where he raises his hand at the meeting. Hudson. 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 Yes. Hicks, I got those mixed up. Yeah, and so, do, so, so did Gorman. Gorman got him. Yeah. <laughs> he raises his hand, so he asks the I still use that line at work all the time. I'll raise my hand and ask people how I get out of this chicken shit operation. <laughs> I love the fucking black guy that is the corporal. There's chawing that Frost, fucking yeah. star. The names, Weirzbowski, they're all fucking cool names. Spunkmeyer. Spunkmeyer. I even like the chick that fucking drives the dropship. Uh, She's yeah. fucking cool. I, I'm trying to look up her name now. Corporal Dietrich, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um... Damn, she was in fucking. She was in Night of the Demons. What? Yeah, it, the fuck was she in Night of the Demons? Yeah, Private Crow, Private Drake, Lieutenant Gorman. Everything about this movie is tip top, and the star of this movie is Stan Winston. Yeah, yeah. Just like you know, Dawn of the Dead. The star of that movie, that's Sam Ra- or Sam Raimi. Yeah, Sam Raimi, the director of <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. No, it's Savini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're and, right. And you got Bishop running around, fucking. But this movie blew my fucking six year, eight year old mind. Oh yeah, it, it just it's the over. shit that they pulled off, like the sense of wonderment, like an eight year old kid gets when you watch this. You like this and Time Bandits were was a big one. Just the effects and like that you can do that for movies. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, I want to see it all now. It's just holy fuck. Still jaw dropping to this day. Oh yeah, it's the best. It's the best aliens of the. Oh yeah, out of all of them. Yeah, yeah. They they James Cameron took that to a whole different level, Mm -hmm. and that was perfect. The only problem was they dropped a bunch of money into three and tried to go the grungy route, and that probably should have been like the fifth one. Oh my god, that's unfucking believable. I was curious about the uh, the budget for Aliens, eighteen point five million. Yeah, that was why they were that hiding stuff. Unfucking believable that they got that shit on the screen for eighteen and a half million dollars. That is ungoddamn believable. Eighteen million dollars, you can't even fucking get shit in a theater for that today. Well, I mean, that's 1986. Yeah, but I was going to say, too, James Cameron talked about he learned from working with Corman of how yeah. to build a lot of those sets and basically Unfucking steal from other sets. 
Yeah, but this is one of my perfect movies. Uh, there's only about, I could only probably list ten movies I think that are absolutely perfect. Like this, The Road Warrior, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Just, just not a fucking single bad thing in this goddamn movie. I, I take that back. I take that back. This movie is so good in spite of having the worst character in sci-fi history, Newt. (laughs) That chick. There's a reason that she was only ever in this movie, and that's it. Well, see, that's... that's She's fucking terrible. That's the thing, though. Um, The comic books, now getting into Alien 3, um, the comic books had plans for her. And it makes sense. What was the comic book? Basically, she... I mean, overall, she became Sigourney Weaver's daughter. And in the director's cut of Alien 3... uh, Now, we're talking an extra half hour, 32 minutes or something. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. It's more than Alien. Yeah, there's an... And plus, it gives it a different feel, which I forgot... It makes the monster completely fucking different. Yeah, which I forgot. The there's a whole different beginning. Yeah, uh, it, it's Charles Dance's character who finds Sigourney Weaver washed up on a beach, mm-hmm. which I totally forgot about that. Yeah, they don't burn up. Yeah, they, they drown. Yeah, and well, Hicks is still impaled, but too yeah, it, it, like uh, you know, after the different beginning and. Sigourney Weaver's character, she she wants to check Newt for cholera. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you find out, like, as that goes on, there's more of that scene, the autopsy. There's more of her talking about Newt. Basically, she confesses that she feels bad because that was her daughter now. she, You know what I mean? She gets into it a little bit talking to Charles Dance, which there is more... Of just them not sleep, just sleeping together, but there's more interaction of both of them telling their stories of why they're there, how they're there. Uh, the, again, the alien, it's different. It's not from a dog. It's an ox. Yeah. Uh, they it have, makes the creature completely fucking different. Yeah, and it, it is a whole complete different scene, how it comes out of the oxen that they were going to actually eat it. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. But also, too, the movie takes a different tone. Uh, it, where the other one seems a slimmer down version, this one definitely, like the newer, er, the restored, where all. Here you go, here you go, I got it. Uh, runtime on the original cut is an hour and 14 minutes. This director's cut is an hour and 45 minutes long. So there's a lot more in this one. You sure it's an hour and 45 and not like two hours? It's, what, it's what, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 114 minutes is the original yeah. cut. This one's 145. Yeah, minutes. that's so like, there's a lot yeah, more shit. It's as long as like aliens, <laughs> basically, is what it comes down to. Um, the other big thing is uh, when they're in the tunnels and they're basically chasing down the alien or trying to figure out what they're doing with it. There's a whole storyline of where they trapped the alien in this radioactive locker. 
Yeah. And the crazy dude basically goes and lets it out. Which is not in, at all, in the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. That adds a lot more to the movie. That's... It always kind of... It always kind of bugged me in the theatrical. Like, you didn't know... You just knew this was a prison planet. You knew it was like a factory, too, but you didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And they get down in those tunnels, and they're like, oh, well, we got to force it from piston tunnel A to blast chamber B, and you're just like, what the fuck is this going on now? It, it all looks cool down there, and, like, this is a, a fucking dirty, dingy, ugly fucking movie, and I love it. And But, you know, I listen to all the other criticisms about this movie, and everybody's completely right when they say the worst thing they could do is to kill off all the cool characters from part two, and that's exactly what they fucking did. Yeah. That's like the one thing they shouldn't have done, and they did. And you know what? Those people are right, but I still think I love this fucking movie. I love it, too. Like I said, it just, too, there's a couple of scenes in different order because of this, as they call it, the extended assembly cut. But there is a couple different things. But also, too, you get to see a face hugger when they're bringing the oxen in. There's a Mm -hmm. face hugger on the thing, and the one prisoner is like, what the hell is this? You know, it it, it just, there's a lot of different things to it, but... uh, yeah, it just, there's so much more to this. Uh, also, uh, you get a lot of more uh, character development with the prisoners. Uh, it's kind of like Aliens. Like you were saying, each one has its own personality. That seemed to be the one thing they kept from Aliens was all the prisoners. All the prisoners. Yeah. yeah, they gave them more personalities, especially since they have found God at the ass end of space. As Yeah, and that's what, I think that's a cool addition too, is that they're all fucking crazy religious I, I don't know. I can't justify that, but I, I like it. It kind of brings them all together under one fucking umbrella to fight this thing. I think Charles Dutton in this movie is fucking great. Yes. It's like a mad kind of fucking southern preacher type dude spitting fucking hellfire and brimstone. It's it, it, on a, it's great. It's kind of like on a lesser degree, the Halloween producers cut is what the assembly cut of Alien yeah. 3 is. Yeah. Um, it does make that much of a difference of what the movie is. Now, again, like you were saying, here I found something on IMDb that trying to explain what I was saying about what they were doing in the comic books. Basically, one script was uh, based entirely on Hicks, Bishop, Newton, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character. And basically, they return to Earth. Newt goes to her grandparents, Hicks and Bishop are with a new team of colonial marines, and they battle a rival faction of planets who use aliens as a bioweapon. Now, this ties into Earth War comic book story, and there's another one there, too. It gets tied in, and eventually Newt rejoins Sigourney Weaver, and Newt is now college age by the time she rejoins Sigourney Weaver in the comic books. This is... If you look at the IMDV trivia on Alien 3... It is huge. Yeah. This movie was fucking troubled from jump. Uh, it went through what? Four? F- like, they wanted Ridley Scott to come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said no. Uh, they shopped it around. Rennie Harlan said, okay. He started doing some work on it. And then, you know, uh, Ridley Scott tried to help him, and then they just quit. And then they tried to shop it to this David Geiler and Walter Hill. And they were like, no thanks. So they, they, this is Fincher's first movie. Yeah. And 
you know, hey, it's not Fincher's best movie, but I still like it. But also, too, it sh- um, in this assembly cut, it shows a lot of interaction between uh, the corporation, Wayland Corporation, coming for Sigourney Weaver. It yeah. shows a lot of that with her in, um, uh, what's his name that I'm forgetting right now? Bishop? No, not Bishop, but... Uh, I was going to say, Tim Gross doesn't forget a late No, there's more. more... Well, there is a couple... There's more longer scenes with Bishop's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the dude that she that's doing the computer, and I keep forgetting his name. I have to go back and look for his name now. He's doing the computer? Uh, oh, Charles Dance? No, 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 no. Uh, the guy they call 85? Yeah, him. The stupid guy. Yeah, the stupid oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, because he's the one who basically says, no, he locks her out, so he won't give her the code. Yeah. And there's even a scene where the prisoners are about to turn on him, and that's when the alien grabs one of them. Mm-hmm. They were, but it, like, it added more to that scene, the buildup. It added more, and plus it showed interaction. Like they're, It wasn't just, hey, the ship is coming. No, it shows uh, a couple different times, like he's giving... Wayland Corporation uh, reports on what's going on. And basically, you get to see basically uh, them telling him, hey, uh, make sure she doesn't die. And, you know, it's not just, hey, don't, you know, make sure the alien is intact. Don't, you know, make sure Yins are not doing anything to it. All this other stuff. But it shows more uh, just stuff in between there, too, which... I thought made more sense. The, it, it helps just clean up a few things that you have questions, yeah. about, especially with all these prisoners. So, but yeah, like I said, Alien Three for me, it just made like the new that assembly cut of it made more sense think, of what yeah, you're going for. Do you think it, the assembly cut is better than the theatrical? Because I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. And that's why I compared it to the producer's cut of Halloween 6. On mm-hmm. a smaller scale, uh, for horror movie fans, uh, for me, the producer's cut made sense of Halloween 6 a lot more, made it more digestible in the Halloween series. It, you know, made me understand what they were going for. And in Alien 3, the assembly cut, even though I was a fan of the theatrical cut, it made me understand of why they got rid of the Hicks character, why Newt was killed off. It made a little more sense, and it made a little more sense of, like, okay, why all of a sudden is Sigourney Weaver, uh, her and Charles Dance are sitting there talking and, like, hey, let's bump ugly since we're here. They get in... Uh, she did that because of Charles Dance's wily man charm. <laughs> he... You don't turn down Charles Dance. You can't You can't say no to sweet brother Noomstead. I was going to say... Is it he will, dro- he will drop your fucking panties right now for, for Sardom Noomspot. Okay, oh, believe me, if I would have been on the set of Alien 3, I would have been just one time in front of the camera. I would have been like, I, I, I want the now. I, I want the Or Or just go, brother Noomstead! <laughs> Just to see what he... Wouldn't you love to see a deleted scene with Sigourney Weeder just going up to the big hug? Like, My sweet brother Noomsie! <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't have been great. That would have been the best deleted scene since Rambo First Blood where he kisses the guy at the end. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never seen the deleted 
the alternate ending to Rambo First Blood, go look that up on YouTube because it's the best deleted scene of all time. You know what I'm talking about? I've, yeah, I've heard of it. I, I, I it's know. the fucking best. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> Stallone doesn't break character. He just leans over and kisses that guy. <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah, you don't, you, you can't turn the fucking, you can't turn down Charles Dance in the panty department, man. He's going to get in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it, like I said, it, it, it makes sense. Uh, we still like the movie. Both of us. Yeah. It just, yes. Uh, it just, I, like I said, I just felt like th- this movie was actually more a product of its time than it should have been. It yeah. should have, they should have tried to go for a different Aliens film. And uh, This is the first Alien movie that actually lost money. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I knew. Not much, but it was, it was, it was great. Uh, the budget was $63 million, uh, and it only grossed 55.4. Well, I knew it lost money just because. It was, I remember the, you know, the scuttlebutt coming out. Yeah. This was pre-internet, well, it was pre-Kyle internet. I didn't have the internet, but everybody was like, wow, it's... I, I remember reading you know? in the fangos and everything, and... Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I had that feeling. Mm-hmm. I knew that was coming down. I don't know. Eh, I don't know. I, I, I just... This is a movie I stick up for, you know? Like, not a lot of people like this movie, and I'm like, man, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, it it goes in a completely different direction, but I like all the characters. I love the fucking cast of this movie. It's great. I, I, lo- I just, I think the production design is great. I like the religious, you know, it's a religious horror movie is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I love that shit. Uh, you know, Prince of Darkness is one of my favorites. I love Pete Possilway. I'll watch anything that guy's in. But, you know, it's, it's fucking good. It's got a bummer ending. Uh, do you think this should have been the last Alien movie? <sighs> that is a good... I go back and forth, man. I, I honestly thought after they made that one, they should have done Aliens vs. Predator in order... At that time, to make up for Alien Three, yeah, I don't consider but that. I'm glad it's, it wasn't the last one. Yeah, I don't consider Alien versus Predator like in the Alien franchise. It's well, like a you know what? weird offshoot. It's because thing. of how they were made and by who. <laughs> Your boy, yeah. They can because, in my opinion, not to get on a rant about him. <laughs> Yeah. They they should have never gave the project to him, but they completely they made Alien. What happened with Alien Three? They made that look like nothing. What happened to what started out as a great project and turned into a pile of shit that should have never happened. That was the biggest problem. Aliens vs. Predator should have never happened. Uh, I, you know that first one. It's not as it's not what I want. It's it's not what you know. I often I never go back to that movie, but if it's on TV, I'll watch it a little bit. I, I find it's just it's not good. It's not fucking no. terrible though. It, but it's, it's not, not good at all. It no. 
it could have been. It, it was like what you could have, what you should have got was not what they gave you. Yes, and that's my biggest problem with that movie is just they just didn't. It just didn't look like it should have been made even by people that had remotely seen the other Aliens films. Well, and you know, even as much as other stuff that existed. As much as you hate Paul W.S. Anderson, you know, look at it at a Hollywood perspective. The guy makes money, and they gave him, you know, a franchise that probably should have been dead. Yeah. After Alien 3 kind of shit at the box office. Yep. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to look it up right here. I'll bet you Alien vs. Predator made a lot of fucking money. It probably did. Because he made a sequel. Oh, no. Well, uh... It, they made Requiem or what? Oh, that that's a that's a movie I'd like to see because I've seen it. Like, it's it. I think I've seen it three or four times, but I don't even think I've ever seen the movie. That movie is. I think what it comes down to, that. it was two misfires. Yeah, but the second one is so poorly lit. You don't know what's going on. No, I don't think anybody's ever seen the second one. I have. Well, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think anybody has ever truly seen that fucking Yeah, movie. it just... It, yeah. it never got better than Aliens, though. And, you know, I seriously doubt you could ever get better than Aliens. So, what are since we're talking Aliens, what is your thoughts about this random movie being pitched out there, Alien Convent? I was looking at Sigourney Weaver's profile on IMDb, and it's it's like, yeah, I don't I don't know Alien, because there's this project that's claiming for 2017. You're talking the Neil Gaiman. I want Neil Blanc. Look, I like Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, I think he could do. He knows the source material. Where you know we were just talking about. I don't think fucking Paul W S Anderson had a fucking. Uh, yes. A firm grasp. I, I totally agree with it. wherever direction you're going on this. Yes. If there's, if there's a two dudes I would give the Aliens franchise to, it'd be either Peter Jackson or Guillermo del Toro or Neil Blomkamp. Any one of those guys is cool with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hey, it, I this is just this creature alone, I think, has so much Hollywood stock. I think we'll be seeing Alien movies for the next, yeah, I just I years. think you I think you're Blonging, never gonna not have them. Blonging Camp, I I just think he is the right person for the sure for Seems the to job. Have the fucking passion for it. Yeah, I was gonna say you need somebody that has the passion for it to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. It needs. We need the movie that we were supposed to get. Yeah, we need the aliens coming to Earth. And the Space Marines teaming up with the fucking elephant dudes that they found on the first alien in the, on the planet mm-hmm. that were in Prometheus. We're going to fucking fuck Prometheus. And we're not talking yeah, about Yeah, it just... We're going to talk about those dudes. The, they need to team up and fight the aliens. It needs to come to Earth for an all-out fucking war. Paul L.B.S. Anderson shouldn't be around the set. He shouldn't even be able to, like, see it in the theater. He's keeping fucking bits off of this. It needs to happen. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I, I think... I, I think, it, you know, if he does go through with it or they do okay the script, it is going to go back to where it just... 
It's going to be a direct sequel to Aliens, but many years later. That's fucking fine. And, and cool. it's going to ignore three and four. It's going to ignore the Aliens versus Predator movies. And I think people would be happy with that. Oh, you know, fucking new movie nerds would have like movie boners the size of skyscrapers for that shit. Yeah, and that's the sad part. If they would go in that direction, I have a feeling it could be not as big, but on the same level is one of those, uh, like one of the big comic book. It would have that much nerdum to it. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. One of the comic book movies. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, shit, I think people would be geeking out over that just as much as Star Wars. Yeah. This is the second biggest, like, sci-fi genre, genre fucking thing out there. Besides Star Wars, there's Star Wars and Aliens. Well, not for me. I, I would I would much rather have Flash Gordon 2 than any more Aliens, but that's just me. Oh, God. We got anything more to say about Aliens? No, I don't got anything more to say, sir. Can, can Sam Jones be in the next Aliens movie? Just Why not? Fucking shits and giggles? It'd be him and Michael, uh, Michael Bean. Michael Bean? Okay, uh, so next week, sir, we've got a show, and it's our full-on David Warner show, because David Warner is the greatest actor ever, that is not Sam Jones or Bruce Campbell, no, he's better than Bruce Campbell, um, where we're going to talk about, what would we say, Time Bandits, Waxwork, Waxwork, and Time After Time. A movie that we need to talk about because we're both big fans of that movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't hear anybody ever talk about that fucking movie. Do you? Um, yeah, not outside of us mentioning it a few times. Yeah, there we go. The Time After Time, uh, Time Bandits, and Time Cop. Time <laughs> Three Cop. Weeks, two weeks. I don't know. Uh, you can, of course, find me here all the time at Bloodbass and Boomsticks. Find me at grossmoviereviews.com, and also if you want to grab my book, The Wrath of Gross, you can go to lulu.com. Uh, you can follow me. I don't care any about Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking haven't tweeted or twittered and fucking in forever. Uh, our website, I should have said this at the start of the show. I think about that every week, and I never do it. Uh, the website is bloodbasspodcast.blogspot.com. Uh, you can send our comments to our Facebook pages. Questions, we'll answer them. Send them there, too. And, yeah, next year is going to be, I don't know. I don't know what next year is going to be, but I know the next show is, I'm looking forward to it, because I always love T-Shirt Joes. Uh, so, I guess we're out of here. We got anything more to say? That's it. Go see Krampus, everybody. It's cool. Um, We're out of here. Turn out the lights. The party's over They say that all Good things must end Call it a night The party's over And tomorrow starts The same old thing again
you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Hey, Vasquez, have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Have you? Senator 